Chris, we're back. Reunited and it feels so good. I don't know if you listened to the podcast last week, but I had Liz on and I, I was making her do Chris things because I missed you so much. Uh, I, I did not listen to it, I'll, I'll admit. But I had Liz on the week before too, so she is apparently our replacement for each other. <laughs> this is the Stu Pod, the <laughs> Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Quick. What did, what did you just do? What are you talking about? Did you just move your mic or something? That sounded horrible. No. That that's on your end, I think. I don't think so, man. I think that's all you. Don't put that on me. So, uh, lots to talk about on the on the podcast this week. A, a whole assortment of things. Uh, I think we're talking about some disappointing teams. Um, unrelated, we are talking about the Mets. Uh, there are some disappointments there. Uh, I think we're talking about some some teams that have turned likable. Uh, we're gonna have Liz come back and join us because she was so fantastic on the podcast and uh, talk about. A couple interesting topics. One, uh, the show Pitch that, that debuts tonight, and some Tim Tebow stuff. Uh, Chris, I think we're finally going to get to t- talk about Stranger Things, too, because I, I watched it when I was on vacation. So I, know I heard. I know you're psyched. I saw you tweet about it, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I think, I think, uh, I think we can have a good discussion. Um, and Bad News Ramen will be on at some point, too, to, to talk with us. So uh, I, I don't really want to cover Don't Look At Me stuff this on this show, Chris. I feel like... I feel like I'm past that, even though we talked about it a lot yesterday on a Facebook thing that no one watched. Um, but I'm still, I'm still past it. I think I, I want to, I want to move on to different things, and I want to start off by talking about a video I did today that came out about uh, the teams that I that I thought blew it the most in 2016. And uh, number one was the Diamondbacks, which I think I don't think you can dispute the Diamondbacks blew it the most out of anybody. Um, number two is the White Sox, and I, I'm wondering what you think, as, as someone who watches the White Sox probably more often than other teams uh, to some degree. Are, are they the are they the number team two the blue, uh, number two team that blew it? I think so. Yeah, um, th- those were the two before I had even watched the the whole uh, the entirety of your video. Those were my top two teams in that order. The Diamondbacks definitely number one because we saw the the makeover they attempted, and then the White Sox number two. And I think that's mainly because we saw kind of a similar makeover attempted, but they didn't quite go all in, and that's just kind of been their problem the last couple seasons. It's they've been in limbo now for I don't know seven years, and they just they never fully go all in, and they never fully commit to a to a rebuild. So I feel like something like the change. White Sox are a TV show in which. <clears throat> um, like like I, I, I probably can't think of the right guy for this or the right woman, but like they basically just keep building the same show around this actor and it keeps failing and just keeps getting canceled and they just keep doing kind of like a very similar thing and it's like, all right, here's a new show with Kevin James again or here's a new show with whoever and yeah. it's just the same, the same thing and it's just I, I don't know I feel like the, the White Sox have been doing this every year recently it's like oh they made a bunch of moves and no nope, no nope, sorry. Although this year, I will say, was at least at the, at, as disappointing as I think they were. Um, at least they gave us Chris Sale cutting a throwback jerseys and, and the whole Drake LaRoche thing. I mean, if nothing else, we are left with those memories of I guess so. Sox. I mean, yeah. those are the, the defining moments of the White Sox season. So I'm not sure what that says about this team, that the two things we're going to remember are going to be off-the-field things. Uh, but but I will say, one of the, one of the things that... I've really thought about a lot lately, and I don't know if we can put them in there quite yet. But if the Giants blow this second half and they don't make the playoffs, do 
I mean, are they one or two then at that point? Do they overtake either of these teams? I, I think if they don't make the playoffs, then yeah. Um, I mean, I put but them on the list. I put them on the list as is. Like they were number four on the list. Um, so do they go up to two? Do they go up to one? I think if they don't make the postseason at all, I think they go up to number one. Because it's just insane. It's insane to have the best record at the All-Star break and totally blow it. I mean, that is that is blowing it. And, I mean, I guess some people would make the case that, well, the Giants did better than the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks are, you know, down there with the Padres right now. But I, I guess I'm one of those people who thinks that if you're that close, like, it hurts even more. You know, if, if you were if, if you finish, like, half a game out of the playoffs or something, when, when you were the best team in baseball just a couple months earlier, like it, it, it just makes it even worse. See, normally I would agree, but I just think the Diamondbacks have been such a dumpster fire this season that no one's going to overtake them. And I, we still maybe even haven't even... Wow, I can't even speak. But we might not have even seen the worst yet. I mean, everybody is probably going to get fired there. And uh, it's just going to continue to be awful in September and October. So... What, Diamondbacks all the way for me. What what disappointing teams haven't we talked about? Who's on your list? Uh, let's see. The Pirates would probably be up there, right? I mean, people had them as World Series contenders. Yeah, they didn't make my top five, but I thought about them. But I, I figured that even if the Pirates were as good as we expected, they weren't going to win the division just because of how good the Cubs have been. So they would essentially have ended up in the same spot they've ended up in the past few years, which is a one-game playoff. So... That's why to me they I mean they're disappointing, but they're not a top five disappointing team. True. Um I yeah, it's tough. Like the the twins and, and the rays could be looked at as disappointments, but I, I didn't really expect much from either team, so I'm not sure you could go there. The I mean, Royals the were pretty good last year, you know. True. I would say what, that's disappointing. What about the Royals? I mean, they're not gonna make the playoffs now after being the World Series champs. I feel like this is a problem. I feel like the fact that they they gave it a, a little bit of run there, where it looked like they could do it, I think that that saves a little bit of face for them. But overall, yeah, a disappointing season. But they can't be too mad. I mean, they went to the World Series two years in a row. So if if anyone in Kansas City is mad, uh, go check yourself and, and go remember what it was like all those years you weren't making the playoffs. So I, I don't want to hear any complaints, Kansas City. And I don't know. I I kind of feel like those. Those are the the big ones for you me. Left out, you left out one of my big ones, man, the Angels. The, yeah, but I guess I didn't expect much from them. So yeah, but at the same time, like you can't you can't be doing this. You can't be having Mike Trout like this and and have every year just sucking. You can't. You can't do it. Horrible. I I want to yeah, know. I don't. It's harder for me to get on board with that one because is, I just is Mike Sosha going to get fired? I feel like Mike Sosha should get fired. Uh, I he probably should, but. It just seems like he's so entrenched there that they'll never do it. Yeah. I, I say he, he won't get fired because they'll say uh, all the pitching injuries sunk them and not Sosha's managerial style. So okay. there, I've, I've built in the excuse. I guess we'll see if the GM really wants him around or knows not to push that button, you know? Right. Uh, because I guess the one advantage, you know, he has is he's a new GM you know, maybe maybe if he has got some favor with with Artie Moreno, maybe he can do that. But um, I mean, you're right. I think it's pretty. Social's a pretty established guy at this point. So to go in there and try to take him down 
is a is, that'd be a, that'd be a daunting move. So we saw how it worked out for the last GM there. So yeah, not true. well. That's true. Maybe next week we should do the managers who should get fired thing. Maybe that's a, I think that's a good that's a good topic. Um, Sounds good to me. Yeah, I know you, I know you love that. Of Let's, course. Uh, I want to talk about the Mets a little bit. The Mets are not in the uh, disappointment category, although I think their season has been disappointing to certain degrees, uh, more so because, I mean, how many pitchers are just going to get injured and, and just dropping like flies, man? Like, their, their starting rotation right now is Noah Syndergaard, who's sort of injured, Bartolo Colon, who is miraculously not injured, and three rookies that you... Probably have never heard of unless you're, you know, super duper baseball fan. Uh, maybe you heard of Seth Lugo. The other guys, you know, one guy I don't even know how to say his name. Um, oh, this is good because I, I did some research before the podcast. <laughs> oh, you know how to say his name. I I went to three different sources looking for a pronunciation. I finally found it on MLB.com. I just I went to some video. Robert Gesellman. Jeez. So there you go. I, what I think is great about the Mets is. All those other pitchers are all like 23, 24. I think, I think what, maybe 25 at the most. And then Bartolo Colon's like, you know, 87. 43 years yeah, old. 43 for real. Yeah. But yeah, he's like, I, I just so, it's hilarious to me that that's how it ended up with all those Mets pitchers. And I guess, you know, Mots could come back. Um, we're recording this, by the way, after the, the news hit that Mots is injured again. Um, DeGrom's out, Harvey's out, you know, Wheeler never really came back, or not even really, ne- Wheeler never came back. So now the Mets are, are in a spot where um, they could very well potentially make the playoffs. Noah Syndergaard will pitch the wild card game. And Bartolo Colon in, Bartolo, yeah. in game one of the uh, NL- NLDS, if it happens. That's the state of Mets pitching right now. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know what to make of the whole thing. Like, the the worst part is all the guys that we've mentioned all have arm injuries too. So kind of important for a pitcher to keep their arm healthy. I'm not really sure what that means for all these guys even beyond October. Um, but then you add in, like you said, Noah Syndergaard, we know he's pitching through bone spurs. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing that he is a top 20 pitcher, even, even with bone spurs. But it's still the type of thing that doesn't really make you feel great about your staff. And so... I don't know, man. Like, if if Yoenis Cespedes does the same thing he did last year and like single-handedly carries his team into the postseason, you can't feel good about it, right? I mean, aside yeah. from aside from that wild card game when you have Syndergaard on the mound, and even then he might be going up against Madison Bumgarner, you're just not going to feel great. I I look at it and say, even if they win, then what, right? So then you have Bartolo Colon versus like Jake Arrieta. Yeah, game right. one, one of the NL, NLDS, and then you know whoever Gis- like Seth, Seth versus Lugo against John Lester, yeah, and then I mean, come Kyle on, Hendricks. There's, there's yeah. no way, and they, I guess they'd have to go Syndergaard then, and maybe maybe they win Syndergaard versus Hendricks, but Hendricks has been good too. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I just I, I can't imagine like the Mets. The Mets could very well limp into the into the postseason in one arm, but. I don't know. I mean, but how how fantastic would it be if somehow you have Syndergaard and Bartolo Colon, like the two guys that are kind of carrying this Mets team? That, that would just that I mean it's just hilarious to me. Well, it's just amazing that Bartolo is like the last man standing. He can't be killed. Yeah. He's just going to pitch forever and <laughs> never get hurt, and he'll be a joy. 
we were doing this on video, I'd, I'd wear my Bartolo wig, but uh, we're not. So. What a shame. I know. Break we that got, out next time. We've got we, we we to figure the, out the, the, uh, yeah, the Facebook Live thing. We've got to figure that out. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of the Mets, man. I, I, I mean, to some degree, I wonder if they're just like, go ahead. Go ahead, Cardinals and Giants. Go and, you know, just do your thing. We're, we're going to go over here. and Or, I don't know, get in and, and just give us all what we want and let Bartolo pitch the wild card game and let's just see what happens. Yeah, I'm far less intimidated by that rotation this time around. I, I don't know. It's it's hard because, as we've talked about in the past, Mets Twitter uh, really gets depressing, and that, that sometimes colors my opinion. But they they are still firmly in this wild card race. They probably, based on all the other injuries, should not be where they're at right now. So who knows? Maybe they, they stick it out, and somehow we get to actually see that happen in the postseason. I want to see Bartolo Colon pitch a complete game in the postseason, hit a home run, and just sort of become, you know, that kind of that kind of player. The World Series MVP? Yeah. I want to see Bartolo's, Bartolo's bat and arm lead the, lead the Mets to the World Series. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And we know he, he can throw like 135 pitches per game, so you don't even need a bullpen there. Um, you, you made an interesting observation today when, you, when we were talking about the Red Sox. You wrote something about um, their, their outfield dancing, which I think is an underrated cool thing happening in baseball this season. And uh, I think it's been noticed a little more this week you know, as, as they've uh, you know, really gone on that winning streak and established themselves, I think, as, as you know, the team to beat now in, in the AL East. Um, but they, they get together, the three outfielders, and, and, depend, and any combination of them, because sometimes it's Chris Young in there, sometimes it's Nintendo. I just call him Nintendo. Is that cool? That's, sure, fine with me. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> what is it? Ber- 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 no, uh, how do you Benintendi. Say Benintendi. Andrew Benintendi. Benintendi. Benintendo. I like Benintendo, man. Uh, but any, any combination of them, and they'll come in, and they'll do this little dance after. They, they kind of bow to each other, and... Two of them pretend they're doing filming the other guy dancing, and uh, Ben Intendi did did some Michael Jackson stuff last night. And um, uh, you you made the observation: Are the Red Sox likable? Which I, mean, I guess it depends on your perspective. Um, I know there's a lot of people who think the Red Sox aren't likable. I'm not necessarily one of them where I'm automatically oh the Red Sox, you know, like I don't I don't necessarily just hate them by default. Um, but it did make me think of what, who are the likable teams in baseball, right? Right. So I guess if we're doing we're doing some list stuff, like who who are your? I guess one are the Red Sox likable, and then who is your your you're on your list of likable teams? So I, I would say the Red Sox are likable. Um, I mean, look with with at least two of these teams, I'm going to mention some fans are just going to be predisposed to hating them no matter what, and we'll, they will never love the Red Sox or the second mystery team I'm going to mention. But if you are somewhat impartial, I think it's tough to look at this Red Sox team and really hate them. Mookie Betts is super exciting. Jackie Bradley Jr. is also exciting. Mookie, Be- Mookie Betts already said. Xander Bogarts is incredible. Uh, whether you love or hate David Ortiz, I feel like you have to respect the, the farewell season he's had thus far. Uh, I am just obsessed with Rick Porcello, so him being a Cy Young candidate is great to me. You love Rick Porcello, uh, man. Yeah, I, I like a lot of parts on this team. I like that they're young and exciting, with the exception of Ortiz. 
And even then, he's entertaining enough for me. So I say they're likable. And the other team that I think fits the exact same criteria would be the Cubs. Uh, just a lot of really young, talented players. And that, to me, as a baseball fan, is super exciting to see a guy like Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and then you know, the, the other cast of characters they have there. Addison Russell's tremendous. Uh, yeah, the, I think they're both incredibly likable. Unless you just have to hate them. I want to throw teams at you for this because I've, I've okay. kind of I think I've kind of done this a little bit in my in my videos the last couple of weeks. I've kind of talked about like you know teams you want to see win or don't want to see win. I mean it's kind of a similar idea. Um, but I mean in, in in short here, I will agree with you on the two that you said. I will add the Indians into the mix. I think the Indians are, are a fun are a fun bunch. Um, I think I think the whole you know basically any team that any team that has Mike Napoli. I think is, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I, I would I would add them. But as, as I look around, there's some teams I feel like you really could go either way on. You know, like like the Nats. Are the Nats likable? Um, I I don't think they're hateable, but I don't think they're likable. I mean, I I guess obviously a certain certain uh, faction of people hate Bryce Harper, so I guess in that sense they're hateable. But there's there's no one on that team that really I don't know bothers you other than that, right? I mean, yeah, you know, I guess, I, I guess Trey Turner. Trey Turner's great. Yeah, he's fun. Max Scherzer's good. I, I don't I don't get a good sense there of whether they're likable or hateable. Are the are the Mets given everything we said? Are they likable? Uh, no, I don't think they're likable. I think they're again they're kind of in the middle. Are the Cardinals likable? Um, you should have never. already answered this. I mean, you did. You shouldn't even have to think about it. The Cardinals are never likable. Yeah, so that's the correct answer. That 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 seems probably hateable. I don't know how they're doing it, and it it's frustrating that they somehow do it every year, even though we're like, oh, this is the year they're going to drop off. And it's not even the Cardinals, really. It's just the fans. And and the Cardinals. I'll, <laughs> I'll go that far. <laughs> Adam Wainwright seems like a fine guy. <laughs> Um, to me, this might be the most interesting of them all. Are the Dodgers a likable team? Uh, see, I say no on the Dodgers. I would say they are. I would disagree with you. Yeah, you're, you're, you're hammering this underdog story, right? But they still have the highest payroll in baseball. Everybody hates that. People hate Yasiel Puig. Puig is great. Uh, fun. Although, you know, they, they are redeeming themselves with this don't look at me thing that you didn't want to talk about that now we're talking about. Yeah, well, we ended up talking about it. Yeah, they're redeeming themselves. So, to be determined. TBD. I think I think the Dodgers are likable, and and I say that as someone who, as I've written numerous times, I think on the site, you know, that the 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 worst sports memory I had as a kid is the Dodgers, um, and Kirk Gibson, you know, beating the A's when I was a little kid. So, for me to for me to say the Dodgers are likable, I think that's a big step. Uh, Giants. I mean, that might be colored a little bit by what happened this week, but. Um, I kind of feel like the Giants have reached a point where they are not likable anymore. Uh, I could get on board with that, sure. And this is not me, sort of what I think. This is more of just what I read online. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people who, you know, kind of liked the whole even year thing. They thought it was cute, and then I think I think Bumgarner has turned some people off on the Giants lately. Yeah, people who supported him in the past have definitely wavered a little bit the last couple weeks. Nobody likes a. Terrible bullpen, so that's a problem. 
Uh, sure, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with hateable for the Giants. Are, are the Rangers likable? So okay, I'm having trouble with the Rangers and the Blue Jays, and the, those are the two teams, as we know, who they've mixed it up a little bit in the yeah. in the past couple years. Uh, I feel like both have uh, some aspects that make me lean hateable, and uh, I mean, I guess not for me because I, I picked the Rangers to win the World Series, so I have to love them. But people don't like Runet Odor. People don't like Jose Batista. Um, I personally, I like both of these teams, but I get the hatred. So I feel like I, I would put them both in the hateable category. I think Josh Donaldson has become one of those guys that people are kind of getting tired of too. He uh, he definitely has some Madison Bumgarner esque uh, outbreaks. You're saying the red and, assness is what, is what you're saying. He has yes, some of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, if that happens in the next couple of weeks or especially on a national stage, uh, I'm a hundred percent with you. I, I would argue though, that the, the Rangers are likable if for nothing else, Adrian Beltre. That's true. He makes up for a lot of that. And I, I've always, uh, I've always enjoyed Ian Desmond. So I'm kind of, I'm really into this comeback season he's had. I mean, I, who am I fooling? I love the Rangers. I mean, I've <laughs> liked them since March, but I get why yeah. you could hate the Rangers. All right, I think, we're, I think this is going to be the last one. Well, do you agree with me that the Indians are likable? I do, but no one's really talking about them. Yeah, so they're like the under-the-radar, stealth, likable team. But they're likable. They're like, to me, the Indians are the team, if you want to get all hipster and you don't want to like the Cubs because the Cubs is the Cubs are liked by everybody, then you got to like the Indians. That works for me. Sure. All right, so this is the one I think is most interesting. And I feel like we, we, it always comes down to them, right? The Orioles. The Orioles are... I can make the case both ways. I'm going to go with likable. I'm going to say you got to love the, the power, the ability to score 11 runs every single game and to give up nine. And uh, I've always been a Buck Showalter fan, so likable. I, I, I was going to say you got to like the team that just all they do is hit home runs. All right, just, right. And I, I don't know, there's something about the Orioles that maybe just the way they've not cared at all about pitching to some degree, you know, like, like ever since they signed Ubaldo Jimenez, I was just like, what? Like, why, why would you guys do that? And I just can't take them seriously. But you know, the, the, the fact of like our strategy is hit a lot of home runs. It's kind of redeemed it a little bit for me. I'll be honest. It's admirable. Now wait, we, we have to mention one more team. We have to mention the Detroit Tigers because they're only a half game out of the wild card race oh, right now. Okay. All right. So, do you have any strong opinions there? I, I don't know. I, I think that they're kind of blah to me. Like, they're not... I don't feel like they are. Either. They are blah. I'm going to lean toward likable because I'm, I'm into this Justin Verlander comeback season. All right. And Michael Fulmer, he's been good. Yeah. I, I have to say, I, I really have paid no attention to the Tigers all season. So you, You've heard about in, Justin Upton at least three times. I, that's true. I, yeah. I do have kind of a weird man crush on Justin Upton. Now he's coming around, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's Upton and then Verlander. I mean, I, sure. I would, I would say the, the, the reason I find them likable is Miguel Cabrera. Like, how do, you not, how do you not love Miguel Cabrera? That he's still just chugging along at yeah, just 33 or 4 or whatever he is. Just, just killing it every single day. Victor Martinez, he's fun. Yeah. Let's uh, let's bring Liz on and let's see who she thinks is likable. 
Hey, Liz, what's up? Hey, nothing much. So we've, uh, Chris and I have been talking about whether uh, the teams in the postseason hunt are likable or not. So we've, we've run through every team and, and talked about whether they are likable or, or not likable. So I'm wondering, give, give us like your top three or four most likable teams. Again, postseason, people that are either in the postseason or, or contenders for the postseason. I think we, we kind of drew the line at like what the Tigers and the the all the NL wildcard team. So, yeah, who do you got? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say I think the Cubs. I guess are likable. Yeah. I think people are are starting to get a little annoyed with their fans, but the team itself are pretty likable. <laughs> we all we all we all we all That's agree on Cubs. The perfect way to put it. <laughs> um, I think the Orioles are pretty likable. Liz's team Orioles. All right. Yeah. Eh. I mean, I could take them or leave them, but when it comes to teams, I, mean, I tend to gravitate towards teams that haven't had a lot of luck in the postseason lately. Right. Uh, and so I sort of gravitate towards, you know, Baltimore, the Pirates, the poor, poor Pirates. <laughs> um, Chris, Chris and I both, both said yes on the Orioles, so we're with you there. Excellent. Um, I, have, I oddly have no feelings about Detroit. Like I guess they're fine, but I, I don't really I I don't remember hearing anything about them. I don't think I've written about them this year. Maybe once. Let's point out is, to everybody that Liz Liz, even though she's saying exactly the things that we said, like was not listening <laughs> to our conversation at all. That's so, yeah, so we literally that's just true. added her to the call and yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Cardinals are not likable. Wow. Well, this I, just, is I, just want your, I want your likable teams, Liz. I'm going to ask you your unlikable. I know. I'm sorry. I, I'm looking at the list, and I just I laid eyes on the Cardinals, and I'm like, nope. Knee jerk, knee jerk reaction. Pretty much. Um, Give me one more likable team that you think like, oh, I'd, I'd like to see those guys be successful. Cleveland. Let's yeah, see there Cleveland we go. At. There we go. I'm about them. I like them. Chris was Chris was wishy washy on the Indians. I'm all about the Indians. I was not wishy washy. We we've got a lot of groupthink going on here. The problem. <laughs> All right, Liz, besides the Cardinals, give, give us your hot take on someone who is not likable. I mean, it would have been great if she was like the Cubs. F the Cubs, but we're, we already know she likes the Cubs. Yeah, uh, so a team, I need, you need a hot take on a team that is not likable? <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't need to be a hot take. It can be a, it can be a tepid take if you want. Uh, I think the Giants are incredibly unlikable and <laughs> uh, will be bounced out of the playoffs immediately. I was, I was actually hoping she would say the Red Sox just to bring that full I know, conversation too. full circle. I'm sorry. I I grew up in New England, not, you know, Connecticut, New England, but like actual New England and Maine. So I I don't know. The Red Sox can be super unlikable, and I'm just like, eh. It's no better or worse than dealing with them when I, you know, lived there for 15 years. We, we both agreed the Red Sox were pretty likable. So it would have been I great. I think they're likable they, now. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. You know, there was the stink of them being, you know, there was, everyone wanted them to win, and then they won too much, uh, yes. and so no one liked them for a while. Now they're sort of back to being just normal, I guess. They're young, they're exciting. If you, even if you hate David Ortiz, you kind of have to respect the season he's having, I think. So yeah, that's well, that's my I mean, case. I guess there are people who hate David Ortiz, but you said that, I'm like, there are people who hate David Ortiz? Well, if you're a Yankees fan. Yeah, I guess so. 
I hate everything. If you're really going out of your way to hate David Ortiz, then you can hate David Ortiz. So, Liz, we didn't really bring you on to talk about that so much as we just (laughs) wanted to hear your opinions. Um, I I wanted to talk to you about Pitch because you watched the first episode of Pitch, and as of right now, at least, you know, you're you're one of the few people that comes on later tonight. Uh, If you listen to this podcast on Friday, then, you know, Liz isn't special anymore, so let her know. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Um, but I, I, you know, I do think there's like a really interesting conversation to be had here. And I think that we kind of touched on it last week, uh, on the, on the podcast a little bit, and I've kind of been tweeting about this a little bit, but, um, I, I, I really am curious to see how, you know, TV watching America, you know, the kind of folks who will send me angry emails or angry tweets about, you know, Jessica Mendoza being on ESPN like how they react to something like this, like like if they're able to actually separate from from fiction from reality and be like, okay, this is just a TV show, or like if they're actually just going to get angry. That's a good question, uh, considering the number of people who think probably think that Game of Thrones actually took place at some point. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think. I don't know if there's really anything in, I guess the fact that it's a woman in baseball is something to be angry about. Uh, yeah. But, people will get angry about that. Yeah. Well, I know, but it's, I'm just trying to think, I mean, is someone really going to, I mean, yes, uh, I, I'm answering my own question. Is someone really going to take the time to get angry at a television show? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a stupid, yes. stupid question. I mean, I'm sure people will get angry about it. I'm sure there'll people who can't really separate it. They'll be annoyed at major league baseball for lending their, um, their their teams, their credibility, um, you know, all of their the merchandising and, and logos and stuff to a venture that promotes women in baseball. Um, because I guess this is someone who doesn't. This is someone I guess whoever this person is doesn't have a lot of other things to be angry about. Um, I guess that's what I think, because if someone is really going to get truly upset about this and angry at Major League Baseball for promoting this and being involved, then they're obviously, they've got eyes and ears closed to pretty much everything else going on out there. So, because there's just so many other things to get upset about that aren't a television show that's made up. Let let me... Let me say first, Game of Thrones is real to me, and how (laughs) dare you insinuate it's fiction. But secondly, we've already seen people get angry, and Pitch hasn't even aired yet. There was a guy who responded, I think all of us were on the tweet, where he was like, uh, he thought, he seemed to think it was a reality show. (laughs) And so it's just kind of like, if you're not even going to try before you have a hot take, like, we can't help you. You you cannot be helped. I'd hope the presence of Zach Morris would uh, really help people realize that this is not a reality show. (laughs) This is not a real baseball game because, you know, the Padres aren't really on national TV that often, guys. So that should be your big clue. Um, No. So let's back away from that, Liz. Like, what did you think of the show overall? I liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, There's a, a twist at the end that I wasn't expecting. Uh, Tommy John, huh? She needs Tommy John. I'm not going to tell you. I won't say anything about it, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, it's what we're, this is being, when will this be listened to? Tomorrow or, yeah. you know, Friday no, don't, or don't, Thursday? Don't spoil it, Liz. No spoilers. I don't want to know. No spoilers. Fine. Okay. No spoilers. But, um, I, but it would be great if she was like, oh, she needs Tommy John. We'll be back next year, guys. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, there's none of that. Um, I, I really did like it. Um, there were some really great moments um, that made me cry, but, you know, I'm a woman. I do that a lot. Um, you know, about, you know, girls looking up to her, lots and lots of girls in the crowd holding, you know, baseballs, you know, being very excited. And that's, I think, one of the, the best things from this that made me feel like, oh, this is absolutely just a work of pure wish fulfillment. This is how the creator, Dan Fogelman, wants everything to look when this does happen. Um, and so that was really, that was really neat to watch. Um, there's one other woman in it besides uh, the main character, and she's pretty awesome. Uh, she plays her agent, um, who is great. Um, I did not expect her to have a female agent, but she does. Um, and I'm trying to think. Zach Morris is pretty great. He's really <laughs> funny. He's kind of doing a, a really fun Mike Piazza type thing. I'll, I'll say this. When we were at the All-Star Game, we, uh, I was, we were at that celebrity uh, softball thing. We were at the, the BP for it. And, like, most people went and took BP, you know, for a couple minutes. And they would go and, like, goof around and do whatever. Zach Morris took BP, like, for the whole hour. Like, he was in the cage, like, like serious. Like, he was, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go win this Celebrity All-Star game, guys. I'm going to carry this team on my back. Like, he was taking it super serious. So, we'll see. We'll see how he does on this uh, apparent baseball reality show or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> I read up, uh, I read a bunch of articles about the show, and they, they've been putting all the actors through their actual baseball paces. They're expected to hit and to pitch and do things like that because they would like it to look like they're actually doing those things, um, which is encouraging because I think someone said something on Twitter to me today about, you know, it's always disappointing when, you know, the actors don't look like they're actually doing things, which I think I've seen, what, Rookie of the Year, Little Big League. There's yeah, so many movies from my childhood where it doesn't really look like anyone is doing any of those things, but I, they I look totally like they're believe actually this doing it. Then, then that person is just watching documentaries because, like, come on, like none of these actors look good throwing baseballs. I mean, I guess Charlie Sheen did a bunch of steroids for Major League, so you have to <laughs> you have to respect that. But other than that, come on. Hey, Pedro Serrano hit his own home runs. <laughs> it looks like he could, to be honest. He, yeah, he he, does. he confirmed that to me when I talked to him. Hit his own home. Oh, runs. really? Yeah. Other than that, I don't, I don't have much to add to to. to but the, Wesley Snipes. Was terrible, right? He was he was yeah. a terrible baseball player. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's correct. <laughs> we're we're getting off we're getting off track. Uh, we, I, well, we had that guy in the podcast, Chris. That's what you're thinking of. We, we did. We, we've done this. We have. Well, I I, I would add um, as far as pitch, uh, I I clearly haven't seen it yet. I am planning on watching the pilot just based on what I've heard and the subject matter, and I enjoy baseball, so it's it's partially written for for someone like me. Um, I don't have high expectations, mainly because it's it's just a network show, and that's kind of how I approach all of them. I expect to hate any show on a major network. What a TV hipster you are! So, I I, I guess that's my concern. But like, I'll, I'll certainly give it a shot, and I'll go in with an open mind. Um, but there's nothing about the subject matter or the fact that it's about uh, the first female playing baseball that makes that turns me off to to the idea. I just think it's a network show. One thing yeah, is, I do. That, that you said in your post I thought was really interesting. Like, you compared it to ER. And as I thought about that, you know, I, I thought about, like, the landscape of TV as a whole, especially network TV. Like, it seems like one of the 
one of the concepts we see a lot is is and this is mostly honestly in like crime shows or like procedurals you know where you have kind of the person who doesn't fit in on the team you know like they, they bring in this outside person that has you know some different talent and then the whole kind of thing is about them and the other people on the team trying to accept this person for what they do and we've seen it time and time again whether it's you know house the, yeah or or you know psych on usa which which i thoroughly enjoyed um brooklyn 99 is like that <laughs> but there's, there's all kinds of shows like that where there's kind of they bring in this person who is not like everyone else and they all have to coexist and do whatever it is they're, they're supposed to do so to me it's the same exact concept as you know any of those crime shows except for it's about baseball and it's about a woman playing and um i didn't i didn't really think about that until you kind of mentioned the er thing and then i'm like oh yeah that's exactly that's exactly what it is so um, if anyone gets mad, it, it gets mad and I see it, I'm just going to be like, what did you get mad about the mentalist? Because that's the same thing. The mentalist was, <laughs> there you go. I mean, I, I have, uh, it is the network show. Um, and I don't expect it to be any less soapy than some of Fox's other shows. Like Glee was a ridiculous example of that. I don't think they're going to make it as, cartoony is glee but there's going to be a love plot line there's going to be but stuff with her family there's going to be stuff with her teammates there's they had a whole thing with the agent uh who was played by ali larder and um the gm whose name on the show is oscar who's i think played by mark consuelos and he's hitting on her pretty much constantly throughout the whole thing so i'm no doubt there's going to be something there uh, the dad from Wonder Years plays the manager, and he hates everything. So Terry I Collins, don't expect huh? right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't expect this to be a lot different, but I'm interested to see what they're going to do and how they're going to use the setting they've chosen to make this interesting. Because it's essentially it's just a workplace drama, you know, like ER, like you know, cop shows like Cagney and Lacey, you know, stuff like that. Um, it's not a lot different than that, but I'd like to see what they do and hope that it could be more interesting. So Liz, I want to transition from one fictional baseball player to another. Uh, Tim Tebow is, uh, (laughs) uh, Tim Tebow is officially in Mets camp. And, uh, just for any of you, I feel like we should at least mention Tebow. He hit a home run the other day in batting practice and people were tweeting about it. So that was. Apparently, big news. Um, they've been selling his jersey. I guess. <laughs> you know, what are you, what are you guys' takeaways from the first couple of days of, of Tim Tebow, baseball player? Well, uh. I, I feel like I, I really I searched for roughly an hour yesterday to try and find this tweet, and I couldn't. But I I definitely recall seeing some minor leaguer get upset or mention something like, "Are they going to cover all of my batting practice home runs as well?" Yeah. And uh, I thought that was great. I just love that that actual baseball players are getting mad at Tim Tebow. And now me saying actual baseball players is going to get me a bunch of emails from angry Tebow supporters. But I don't <laughs> care. So that, I don't know. That that, that was my, my most uh, enjoyable takeaway from the whole thing. Liz? Uh, I, I'm not sure if hitting a batting practice home run is something for anyone to get excited about. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like... Given the right conditions, 
other people could do it too. I mean, for despite the fact he has ginormous arms, uh, his arm strength doesn't seem to be all that great. So I don't know. I'm not excited, and I'm ex- I, I'm ex- not excited about him. But I am excited for when everyone stops talking about it because I'm so tired of Tim Tebow. <laughs> I thought you were on board with the Tebow train there for a while, Liz. I was on board with looking at pictures of his face. And uh, <laughs> when it started to become about more than just that, uh, I decided to be tired of it. So my favorite thing of, of Tebow Week is that we've, we've now seen again that money is, is number one in this. Like, I, I love the fact that they were selling jerseys because that means they had to go and cut a separate deal outside of the usual baseball deals because you can't sell merchandise for someone who's not on the 40-man roster so he had to go and like cut a deal for that so in in the i guess i don't know a couple weeks now that he's kind of been a quote-unquote baseball player he's uh you know signed an endorsement deal he's cut his own separate like jersey deal he's oh hello dog um he has your dog doesn't your dog is not happy not happy about tim tebow um and uh you know, continued to do his ESPN work proudly. Like, I'm just going to skip these days and go do ESPN. So I, I really am. Like, I, I feel like we're just getting su- support upon support of, like, yeah, this, this is not really a baseball thing, Tim Tebow. This is a Tim Tebow thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's well, wanted to, you know, promote his book. Yeah. His, his second book, which I, he presumably wrote, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's all, it just... It's also ridiculously crass. It's all it's all about money and fame, which is so annoying. Well, I got I got a nice email about it from a Tebow supporter this week, <laughs> uh, talking about how he was his coaches all said he was a great high school player, and uh, he you know he was in football and he was great. And then I just I read this line to Mike already, but I'll I'll introduce the listeners and I'll introduce you to it, Liz. Uh, this is a quote from the email. Then you have Tebow breaking all sorts of records while playing for the Denver Broncos, which I don't remember that. I don't remember a lot of records being broken in his like 11 game career. I mean, have, you, have you compared his yards to John Elway's? Because I, <laughs> I, 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 mean, I think I got that, exa- that almost that exact same email because I'm remembering someone saying that and me saying out loud in my office to no one. That is not right. Yeah, there. I mean, that's a that's a real generous way to look at Tim Tebow's football career. So, I'm sorry, it's career in quotation marks. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know. People just they they put on the blinders when it comes to him. If you're gonna support him, then you're going all in. I think we've uh, been able to probably anger the Tebow people, anger the Cardinals people, um, and and a few others. So let's. Oh, let's just let's just stop it there. Thanks, thanks, Liz, for joining us. Uh, thanks, Chris, for I don't know doing whatever you do. I think we're gonna we're gonna talk to Bad News Ramen, and we're gonna come back in just a few minutes. This is the Stew Pod. It is time for another installment of Three Strikes with my man, Bad News Ramen. 
keep my uh, my hip hop comparisons going that I do every week. You are like that one guy in Lords of the Underground, and I'm like that other guy. In Lords of the Underground. Uh, Freaky Ty and uh, that's the Lost Boys. Oh yeah, Freaky Ty was the Lost Boys. Um, it was uh, the Funky Child <laughs> and, that, and that other guy. I don't even know. Uh, I, I gotta I gotta listen. If 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 you give me like two minutes with like complete science, uh, uh, s- not science but silence. I'd be able to get those names, but I, I can't right now. The jo- the joke was we do it do it all. Do it all was was one of them, and the other guy was like uh, Lord Lord Funky. No no Lord Jazz sent me one time make it funky, and the other one was like the the Funky Child or something. I don't know. Yeah, I will look it up later. So what Wikipedia yeah, so, for? But, so but what's do up, it all. man? How you been? Uh, I, I've been I've been missing you, man. Yeah. You know, it's like that one song. You know, I miss you. Remember that song back in the eighties? Yeah. I, mean, I thought you were gonna. Sing the puffy song. I was gonna be like, dude, no, 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 don't no, run here no. With that puffy business. No, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. You know, actually, you know, you know, it's a fun thing to do is with with puffy is um, you know, when you go uh, you know, can't stop, won't, won't stop, bad boy, uh, 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 just do that, like, just do that around your wife, you know, and just do it as bad as you can, and it'll make her mad like in a second, dude. Just like do it all the time. It works really. Well. That's my that's that is my 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 bit of advice to to every uh every married man out there. Just go, can't stop, won't stop. Bad boy. Eh, 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 eh. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. What's strike one? Strike one. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, annoying things like saying "can't stop, won't stop," bad boy. Uh, 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 uh. Yasiel Puig is quickly becoming my favorite baseball player. I mean, who would have thought, like, two months ago, when everybody was burying this guy, that he'd be the spark plug for the for the Dodgers? And it's just kind of it kind of shows like two things, right? It's like anytime you can get over on Madison Bumgarner. And actually, like, come out like looking like you're you're like have a, a a better head than Madison Bumgarner. I mean, like Madison Bumgarner is probably like one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. I mean, he had a postseason like all time. And I'm not talking like in the past ten years. I'm talking like in the history of baseball. Anytime you can you can show more composure than Madison Bumgarner, that says a lot. And then he crushes like a three run home run yesterday. And who would have thought? I mean, well, I it doesn't matter who would have thought. I mean, that's just kind of like a cliche cliche thing to do, and it's kind of like what a lot of hacks do, but. I mean, let's go into this, dude. Is there a better is there a better player than Yasiel Puig? And and why didn't the Dodgers just wait this guy out? You know, it's like, you know, he's eccentric, right? But this is what you need. I mean, you're you're knee deep in a in a postseason postseason race. The Giants have had your number for for the past couple of years. Plus, you have like the even year number with the Giants with the World Series. And this guy's you know is crashing everything down with these guys. There, yes, there are better players than Yasiel Puig. Let's let's, let's first establish that. Uh, but I but I love Puig and I think that he is an interesting player and I'm glad he's back in the big leagues, and I think that. Maybe what, what the heck, wait wait what the heck was that dude I mean that that is such like I mean are you on the radio or something I mean what? tell me how you really feel Any, anybody can say that dude you're you're better than that I feel like you're writing for me again dude I mean it, that was such like a staid response he I really like him he is really good I'm glad he's back in the league really I am wow, dude you're but spitting he's, but he's it right not, now but he's dude. not the best player. Like there's a difference between being the best player and being back in like somebody that I enjoy to see play. So that that's my point. I enjoy to see him play. I'm glad he's back. I think that uh, in in theory, you know, he he really helped his team by getting Madison Bumgarner mad at him the other day, which was you know worked out really well for the Dodgers in the end. Well, it, it just shows like just like the the way the Dodgers are. Like I'm you know I'm gonna pick you know and I'm I'm sorry I've been out for a couple weeks. I don't know if you guys have done this and I'm not gonna go like here's the team I'm gonna pick. But I'm you know what. I'm picking the Dodgers to win the whole thing just because they seem to have the right mix of people. And, you know, you have these other teams with big stars and everything like that, but you have like kind of like these crazy guys. You have the ace, right? You have, uh, 
you have, you have like the the guy that sucks that everybody loves, like an Andre. Does Andre Ethier even play for them anymore? I don't even know if he plays for them anymore, dude. But you but you have like that guy, right? And you know he's like gonna like come through throughout of nowhere and like get hot. He's gonna be like the Mark Lemke of, of like the, the divisional playoffs. And then you got you have a guy like Puig that, and the whole thing is like you you can run you can run high and low on Puig, right? Like he you can you know that guy you can put that guy or he can put you on his back. But they have enough they have enough hitters, they have enough players, they have enough veterans where where I think. Uh, Puig fits perfectly in, in, in that team, and uh, he is definitely the spark plug. And, and if he gets hot, man, forget it. Interesting that how that's taken shape versus, you know, a couple months ago he was clubhouse cancer. Uh, I mean, not to say that, you know, anything has changed greatly, but at the same time, you know, that, that's the perception right now. He's, he's definitely helping them. So. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they embrace it now, right? Like it was even like you know, you wrote a story about how he came out with the with the shirts, the hashtag shirts and stuff, and it's like they're embracing this guy. Like I don't think two months ago they would have done that. So I, I don't, as an organization, I don't. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like they, they've they've been very quiet about Puig's resurgence, but they're quick to like criticize him. But now that he's doing well, they're just kind of like ah, you know, let's see what happens. You gave me crap, man, but my my official stance is Puig forever. So let's just put that on the record. What's uh, what what's strike what number two? Puig forever. I like Puig that forever. one. What's strike two? Oh, strike two. Uh, strike two. Let's talk about David Ortiz. I think uh, we, we live in kind of an era where um, we kind of look at past players like, you know, and, and uh, granted, just kind of hear me out here. But, you know, you, you have like your Lou Gehrig's, you have your Babe Ruth's, um, you have your Joe DiMaggio's, even like your Carly Stremski's and all that stuff, right? And what I'm trying to say, the whole point, of, I just brought up all these names is that I think we're, you know, you're looking at David Ortiz. He's it's in his last year. He's saying that he's not going to play anymore because it takes too much time to uh, prepare for the season. But he is having a monster MVP caliber type year. Uh, you know, he can be looking at another postseason run where if he has like a couple more heroics, uh, you're looking at, at like a storybook type of player. And, and I think we're kind of living in an era where you kind of have to temper, you know, with with PEDs and everything like that. But I think when all said and done, and you look at – I mean, he doesn't have, like, jaw-dropping Hall of Fame numbers, but I think you're looking at one of the he's, – he's definitely one of the biggest clutch players of all time, and, and I think he's a storybook-type player. He's, he's kind of one of those players that, um, you know, that me and you heard of listening – you know, me and you, like, listen – like, Thurman Munson, right? Like, Roberto Clemente, Sandy Koufax, you know, like these, like, storybook-type players – that just transcended the game. And I think we're living in that moment right now. And I think we need to kind of appreciate it. I mean, me and you have appreciated it in the past. We said how much we like this guy, but I don't think people really understand what they have with David Ortiz right now. And you know, if, if you have a chance and, and I don't want to be all fanboy, but I mean, if there's a chance where you can watch like David Ortiz play uh, during the last couple you know months of the season, I mean, I, I think it's going to be time well spent. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, that there's a number of people who think just straight up, because of whatever reason, just aren't going to like him. Um, whether they're Yankee fans or they think he's a PED guy, or, you know, some of those people are just, you know, feet in the mud type folks, and you know, maybe you're not going to get through to them. But anybody else, like, I think you have to enjoy, you know, what he brings to the game, not just as a player, but just, you know, as sort of one of those guys who, you know, has a lot of fun, who smiles a lot, who always seems to be having a good time. Uh, I, I got to spend a little bit of time with him earlier this year, or, or not, I mean, not even that. I just got to like, observe him sort of doing his big poppy thing up close. And it's, it's just amazing the way he's able to, you know, have this, this bit of personality that makes you feel like um, anybody he's around, he's known them forever. And, I mean, it's just kind of amazing. And, and I, I've said this before. 
if it's all if it's an all an act, I mean it could all be an act, but if it's all an act, then he's a damn good actor because he really seems to just be, you know, a genuinely like nice, personable dude who's having a great time. And uh, I, it's hard it's hard for me to hate that. And I think, you know, we are seeing sort of a, a guy exit the game who, you know, is different than a lot of people in the game. I mean, he is, he's a big personality. He's that guy who will sit there and, and, you know, talk about whatever, like, you know, he talks to the media, he'll sit there for 20 minutes with you and, and, you know, shoot the whatever. And, um, you know, I think, I think it's his personality probably more than anything is something that's going to be missed. And I think the thing with him, I think the, you know, it's, it's funny that you say like, you know, it can all be an act, but I think he, he comes across as one of the most genuine type of players, right? He always comes across as a team guy first. And then when he gets interviewed, then he becomes like this bigger than life personality. And then of course, you know, what he means and, and what, you know, Boston means to him. I mean, if he knows how to play the game, he knows how to play, play the game. But to me, he seems as like one of the biggest genuine guys out there. You mentioned like there's Yankees fans and there's PED haters, right? Like, well, I, I fit both of those categories. And I don't think there's a lot of Yankees fan, Yankee fans that like hate the guy. Um, PED, I think he's overcome that. I think he's overcome any type of allegations of PED use. Uh, when it comes to Yankees fans, I, I think there is a, a genuine respect for him. And, um, you know, he's, he's beat us so many times that it's like, dude, you know what? You keep on going, dude. Uh, real fast, like, um, what was like the, you know, you said you spent some time with him. What's like the biggest thing that you took away from like your conversation with him or anytime you've talked to him? I mean, what is, I mean, what is like the, is there like a certain thing that you're always going to remember? And then if someone says like, you know, oh, you met David Ortiz, how is he? And how would you answer that? I think it was, I think it was kind of what I alluded to the idea that he makes everyone feel like, even though you're just meeting him, like you've known him forever. He kind of, ha- he treats you like that. Like he's not, a lot of people, a lot of athletes, a lot of entertainers, you know, are, are pretty standoffish, I think, to some degree. And and every bit warranted, you know, with the media. Like, there's sort of just a wall there. Um, and I think, you know, he kind of has just this, this vibe about him that uh, whether it's one-on-one or sort of in a group, you know, he is he's smiling, having a good time, happy to happy to talk to you, um, you know. And, and again, like some people will some, – some people I would say the more – Pessimistic people would be like, oh, of course, you know, he's just trying to make himself look good or whatever, trying to kiss up. But I don't think so. I think that's just the way he is. I think he's just he's just that guy. And I saw it. I've seen it with, you know, other players. I've seen it with, uh, you know, just random fans who, like, I was at a game in San Francisco and there was all these Red Sox fans who were there that came from Boston, and he was just, you know, hanging out with them and spending time. And so I, I think it's that. I think it's just like kind of the 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 person the personable if that's a word which I don't think it is but I'm, I'm going with it anyway well he's definitely the biggest guy in the room but then he makes you feel like a like the biggest guy in the room as well right pretty much when yeah. it comes down to yeah, that, yeah. Kind, that kind of thing you know like like I'm not you know I'm, I'm it's not one of those things where like hey I'm going to talk to you for 10 minutes and the whole time I'm going to be thinking about the next thing I'm going to be doing like he's actually actively engaged in whatever's going on you know, I remember uh, after I think it was the World Series 2013 when they won, and there was a, a travel day, and I got to Boston, and they were there, and you know it was kind of like a BP day, and you know a lot of the players like they they just flown in, they didn't necessarily need to be doing a lot of stuff, and he's just holding court in the dugout, just talking to people, just having a good time, you know, talking to the media, um, just kind of doing his big poppy thing, and I think he enjoys doing the big poppy thing, like I think he enjoys being 
Big Poppy, and it, it'll be interesting to see like where he lands, you know, because like I look at Michael Strahan now on on Good Morning America every day, and you know we kind of see what he's become, and like I can see David Ortiz kind of being that kind of dude. I mean, you know, maybe not Good Morning America, but but being you know that that kind of guy because he has that personality. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to bring it up. You know, there, there's there's a certain commercial that he's in. I'm not going to bring it up. I, I don't I, I don't I don't want him to be like Michael Strahan. I, you know, I think. I, I want him to be like like a myth or a legend, right? Like you know, he he leaves the game. He kind of not not that he not that he becomes a recluse, but you know, it when he does like come out again, it's like it's like a big deal. He, you don't get oversaturated with him. So yeah. uh, let's here check this out. Let's go into strike number three. How oh, about that? Oh yeah, you like Changing that? The game on me. I was going to give you a, a dealer's choice. I was going to uh, ask you um, which which way you wanted me to go. I, I did want to talk about the missed pitchers, but there's not much you can say about that. But I think the the story that I kind of saw today, kind of perusing uh, big league stew, uh, is WP Kinsella uh, passed away, and of course he wrote uh, Field of Dreams, and a major movie came out of it. Even though the the book and the and the movie were different, uh, Field of Dreams is. I'd probably say, I mean, it's one of the best baseball movies I've seen. It's probably one of the top, maybe top five sports stories I've, you know, sports movies I've seen. You've seen Field of Dreams, right? Of course, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, you, you never know. I mean, you, you, you've never seen Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. So I have that's seen Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. That's a great movie. Uh, but let, let me ask you, like, and, and hopefully you'll ask me back in return, uh, but what is your, what is your, what is your favorite part in, um, and feel the dreams, and you, and you can't say like, "Dad, can we have a cash?" Oh. I mean, there's there, there's so many better parts than that, right? So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to be the 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 guy who disappoints you and says that I you don't I, like it. I, not that I don't like Field of Dreams, I like Field of Dreams, but I just don't think like I don't think Field of Dreams at all is like the best baseball movie. I don't think that like I don't if Field of Dreams is on TV, I don't stop and watch it. Like let's say that like like I feel like Field of Dreams is one of those things like I watched it and I'm like, okay, I've seen this movie. And I think I watch it again and be like, all right, that's enough. Controversy, um, dude. Controversy, man. Drama, dude. I, you know, I mean, I just, like, I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch Major League anytime it's on, man. But I don't think yes. I'll watch Field of Dreams anytime it's on. So, that, so that's just to say, like, I don't, I don't exalt it to the point that some other people do. Um, so that being said, I think I like, um, I like when they go, when they go to the baseball stadium. I think that's kind of a fun, like, just that whole, that whole part of it, which I think kind of gets lost because you think of Field of Dreams and you think of you know, the, the corn stuff and then making the field and if you build it, they will come and all that. And I think, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I like the, like, let's go meet this random guy, get him to believe in you, go to a baseball game. Did you hear? Yeah, I heard it too. You know, that whole thing. Um, like, I like I like that aspect of it. I don't know. I feel like maybe that's like an underrated part of it. Um, just because, again, we hear, Dad, do you want to have a catch? And, and if you build it, they will come. And, you know, those things are so ubiquitous now. So that's where I'm going. So I agree with you that it's not the, the best baseball movie. I mean, I think you have – I mean, you can make a major case for uh, Major League, uh, Sandlot as well, and, yeah. and probably, you know, Bull Durham. Um, but I, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of, of the aspect of like – I mean, listen, Dad, you want to have a catch. I mean, that's like the perfect ending to that, to that movie because it's such a long journey, right? But the whole like, you know, if you build it, you'll come and all that stuff, I wasn't a big fan of that. But I w- what I will tell you that it is a baseball movie, and the reason why I think it's a baseball movie, and my favorite part of that movie is when um, uh, Darth Vader and uh, Kevin Costner Car- <laughs> are driving ca- cross country, right? Yeah. And then they pick they pick up Moonlight Graham, and he's a young kid, 
and it's just there's just something about like you know you're you're in you're in America, right? And like you're doing like a you're doing like a cross country trip, and you're doing it because of baseball. And then you pick you know you pick a kid up that when he was younger you could travel from town to town and and you could play baseball and you could make a living off that and you can just like live your life. It was like it was kind of like you know going to Europe, right? Like taking a, a a European tour after you get out of college, right? It's like there was a time in, in America where if, if you wanted to play baseball, you could go wherever the heck you wanted to play and play baseball. And I think to me, that's really kind of like the, the essence of, of what I like about baseball. It's just kind of like the way it connects people, uh, the way that it translates for different people. It's like here you have like Moonlight Graham, you know, he, he was already dead when, when, uh, when, um, when Costner and Darth Vader went to go look for him. And, and then, you know, is, you know, he met him in 1970, you know, when his ghost and stuff. And then they drive across country, you know, to to finish their baseball quest and they pick up a baseball player along the way. And it's just there's just something about that scene. And it's just to me, that really sums up what baseball is. I like that you call him Darth Vader the whole time. Just like I'm just and we, we referenced this earlier in the show. You weren't on there, but we were talking about that show Pitch. That debuts and you know, when, when, that, when does that come out? Tonight, wanna, actually, tonight. Okay, so I, I got to record because my daughter wants to see it. Yeah, and so so the catcher is Mark Paul Gosseler, and like, nah, that's just Zach Morris. Like, we're not gonna, we're not going to call him by his real name. Like, oh yeah, the catcher is Zach Morris, you know, and, hey. and Darth Vader. <laughs> as, long, as long as they as long as they bring back Kelly and Lisa Turtle, I mean, the, <laughs> the good looking Lisa Turtle, not the scary one that you see now, but I mean, if if they make an appearance, I'm all for it, dude. <laughs> I love me so. I, I love me some Lisa Turtle, dude. <laughs> Either way, James Earl Jones, James Earl Jones is is acceptable to be called Darth Vader on any reference, and Mark Paul Gosler should be referred to as Zach Morris on on all references. Zach Morris at all times, yeah. 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 All right, I think we're done. Sorry for the uh, being a downer on Field of Dreams. It's it's fine. It's good. It's just you know. I, I don't I don't think you're a downer. I, I think you expressed your opinion. You you stood by your opinion. You made an argument for it. You're absolutely 100% wrong, but you're not a downer about it. It's fine. It's, you know, it's not bad. It's just sort of a... What, what do you want me to do? You want me to start yelling and going all crazy? How could you... No, dude. Hey, it's what it is, man. I mean, I, deep in your heart, you know you like that movie. We're going to we're gonna have to do... Maybe do this, do this during the offseason. We'll have to do like a um, a big debate of, is Field of Dreams bad? Is Field of Dreams actually a crappy movie? Because I know people that think it sucks. Uh, I, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm a master debater, dude. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll, we'll save that one for the offseason. We'll do it on a future stew pod. Thank you, Banu Raman, for joining us on the Three Strikes. Uh, have a good one, man, man. Thanks, man. I forgot to mention at the top of the show, I had to play some Kanye bumper music this week. I've been listening to a lot of Kanye, and of course I know, I know you like some Yay, man, so uh, there you go. I'm going to see Kanye in a couple weeks. How are you? I'm going to see Garth Brooks tomorrow. That, that uh, surprises you, huh? Yeah, I'm less excited about that, I'll be honest with you. What do you, what do you know about Garth Brooks? What, didn't he go by Chris Gaines for a while? <laughs> you know that he tried to play baseball for, <laughs> for a minute. Yeah, he did. And there you Garth, go. Garth Brooks was the man, though. When, when Garth Brooks was the man, like he was the man. You know, he was, he was on like that Fifty Cent level. I mean, other, other than being a wow. musician, okay. he was like sort I've, of wow, running the game type thing. I don't he, know that he, anyone's ever made that comp before. I'm just saying from, so a, from a level of from a level of dominance, like he was he was dominating things. So yeah, he's doing like he's doing like four shows here in three days because he's Garth Brooks.
and uh, I I can't front, man. There are some there are some Garth Brooks songs I do enjoy. So my wife wanted to go, so we're gonna go see Garth Brooks. But do you? Yeah, I, I, then I'm thinking that I'm like Chris probably has no clue. Like you probably know Friends in Low Places, and that's probably it, huh? Oh man, no, I know Garth Brooks. I, I would probably recognize some of his songs. I, I didn't listen to a lot of country music, but it's Garth Brooks, like you said. He was once upon a time a big deal. He was 50 Cent, and before 50 Cent was 50 Cent. I, I can't get on board with that one. <laughs> I, I love it, but I don't know that I'm getting on board with it. Let's put that one in the blog post in the, in the show highlights. Garth Brooks was 50 Cent before 50 Cent was 50 Cent. Um, that would get people to listen. So I did, I did the homework that you assigned me on vacation. Okay. And I watched Stranger Things, and uh, I powered through it, I think, in three nights, which I was pretty proud yep. of myself. Uh, if I had Infinity Time, I probably just would have watched it all at once. Um, they, they did a good job of hooking me. So, um, I first of all, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and I'm not a huge sci-fi person, necessarily. Like, I, the, the elements of the show that appealed to me are not necessarily, oh, there's an alien or whatever weird creature. It's more like, oh, here's these kids on like a... Um, you know, with their walkie-talkies and their bikes, and they're kind of on a mission, like Goonie style. Like I, I enjoyed that aspect right. of it. Um, you know, I enjoyed sort of like the ET and Goonies elements that were in there. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan. I mean, I think that the, by the time like the real kind of trippy sci-fi stuff, you know, came out, I was already heavily invested. So I was all about it. So uh, th- that's my quick review of, of uh, Stranger Things. Two two big thumbs up. Very much enjoyed. Would watch again. I agree. Yeah, they really hit on the 80s nostalgia. So if you like, like you said, the Goonies or E.T., and then there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of horror vibes in there, too, with, like, Stephen King references, and I think there's some references to maybe John Carpenter. And so it does a good job of mixing kind of all of that and also science fiction, the, uh, which uh, it's great. It's really great. I, I loved it, too. The monster coming through the wall thing, that was, to me, that was a little bit like Nightmare on Elm Street, either three or four, when, when Freddy Krueger came up through the bed. Uh, that, that, that's what that reminded me of. Is that when he uh, killed Johnny Depp? A young Johnny Depp? I don't, I don't know. I don't know which one that was. But I remember him coming, coming up out of the, I think it was a waterbed. He came up from the waterbed. And then that, for a while, because I was like, I think seven or eight or nine or somewhere in that range. I wasn't very old. And I was like, mm, I don't know about this sleep thing, man. Some dude might come up in my bed and kill me. Um, but no, so I, I remember that one. Um, it made me want to watch Monster Squad again, which you've probably never seen Monster Squad. But that's a, you know, I'm very aware of Monster Squad, but should, I have never seen should, it. But you I like, watch it. yeah, like I know what the cover of yeah. the VHS looks like. I've just never watched it. Yeah, uh, that one and um, Mac and do you, did you ever watch Mac and Me? Uh, that's another one I'm aware of, but because they always play the clip on Conan, I think, Okay. of yeah. Mac and Me. That, that's sort of a, it was like a cut-rate E.T., but I... I yeah. That. Wow. Some kid in a wheelchair gets pushed off a cliff. <laughs> I don't, I don't no, that, that, that really happens in Mac and Me. I'm, I'm almost <laughs> positive that's real, so... So what are, what are the burning Stranger Things questions? I guess to me it was like, I mean, obviously, where do they go in season two, but... Yeah. Are, are we to believe, and... I had a conversation with someone about this. Are we to believe that the that the girl is um, still out there somewhere or dead? No, she's still out there. Okay, that's that's what I thought too. But then, 
I saw some people thinking she was dead. I'm like, nah. You can't you can't not have her for a season two. And I think the, the little Eggo Waffle thing at the end, you know, right, was a, was a good homage to that. Yeah, uh, I think my my bigger question would be, what's the deal with the sheriff now? Because yeah, at the end of, at the end of the season, you saw him get in the what looked to be like a government marked car, and then he. It seems like at the end he clearly knows some stuff about Eleven's whereabouts. So he seems to be a lot more involved, maybe with uh, people we thought were bad in the first season. Yeah, some good points. And I think we have to, like, they started to hit on like his backstory. So I think that's probably going to be more of it. Like, yeah, know, right, you, right. You, you don't know exactly what he did before, so I mean, maybe he was like some, you know, high up agent or something, because he obviously seemed to have some. Some uh, I, I don't know, uh, training or something that that was beyond just like local cop guy, you know. Right. So maybe, maybe that. Um, I mean, I guess you know, there's the whole thing with uh, coughing up whatever those were at the end. I mean, it's obviously yeah. If you're gonna, you know? if you're coughing up worms in your sink, you should get some help. Is what <laughs> I would, I would advise that. I was actually wondering because I no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But See no, a doctor. <laughs> I, I will do that. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved it, man. I'm, I'm glad you pushed me to watch it because I, I may not have. I, you know, it was on. It was sort of on my radar of, of things that I wanted to see. But you know, I, I may have gone for like the get down first or something. But I'm glad I picked Stranger Things because it was it was really really good. So, and Netflix has spoiled me where like I watch it and now I just want to. I'm like, just give me next season. Come on, I don't want to yeah. wait. So. That's good. Yeah, I'm right. I'm glad you had a productive break. It sounds like. <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, you know, I guess that's that's my biggest achievement was I watched Stranger Things. Did you watch? Did you watch yeah. any good TV yourself, Chris? Uh, I did not. I mm-hmm. caught all a hundred or all seven hundred and twenty Pokemon. I was going to ask you about this. Yeah, like, I did. You, it. you legitimately caught them all. I've caught them all. Is that? A, yeah. Do they add more? Uh, the new games come out in November and there will be more. So I'm just, I'm prepping at this point. I got to do it before the end of the year. It's my new year's resolution to catch them all. How many people have caught them all? I don't know. Probably a lot of, probably a lot of dedicated 12 year olds. (laughs) Are you proud of yourself? Hell yeah. I'm proud of myself. (laughs) I, I've caught them all before when I probably was 12 and there were only 151 Pokemon. So mm-hmm. we're now, uh, what, 17 years later, uh, 600-ish more Pokemon later, and I've done it again. Do you feel like... A hero? <laughs> yes. Is, it, is this your equivalent to like when I beat Super Mario Brothers for the first time? I mean, is it that? Prob- yeah, probably. I mean, I... It probably felt better when I was 12 because it just was more amazing yeah. back then. But uh, I'm happy with myself. I mean, I, I put it on social media, so that tells you that I don't care. I have no shame. Well, congratulations, Chris. I'm proud of you, too. Thanks, man. If, 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 if this is you being Super Mario Brothers, if you, if you felt the way I felt when I was like seven, you're feeling that right now, then awesome, man. I'm proud. Good job. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Thank you. That's all, and you know, that's all I was looking for. Just a congratulations from someone. All right. I guess we should uh, end this because we've talked enough. 
So thank you guys for for listening, sticking around. Chris, I guess. Uh, oh, you got to tell them the whole the whole deal. I do. Yeah, if you've enjoyed listening to us, and if you stuck around for this long, uh, why don't you rate and review us in iTunes? Really easy to do. All you do is you pop open your iTunes app. You can search for StewPod, and when you see our podcast pop up, you will hopefully give us five stars and maybe write us a friendly and nice review. Yeah. That's it. That's all you do. All right. Well, thank you guys for for hanging out in the StewPod. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.